EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. And hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network. And I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And want to give a huge shout out to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting these past three years. Now we're going on four years. Thank God. And all my new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And hopefully you will become a regular listener going forward. And ultimately, want to thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of others. Well, here we are in the month of February, and I have to say life is going pretty well uh, on this side. But I also want to remember all of you that are, that I guess we are all in that same boat, as I've mentioned on previous shows, uh, regarding the pandemic and regarding what's going on here in our world. I just want to continue to encourage us all. Uh, If you are by yourself, make sure that you're reaching out to people. Don't live life by yourself. Make sure that even though we may be quarantined or kind of secluded to our homes because of the pandemic, make sure that you're reaching out and touching people. Uh, FaceTime, getting on the phone, uh, sending emails. Make sure you have some type of social contact uh, with people especially during this time. And let us all remember all of those who are serving uh, in the capacities on the the front line, all of our medical professionals, uh, you know, all of our truck drivers, all the grocery store workers, everyone that is uh, helping us through this transition uh, that we're being faced with. I want to give a huge thank you for the work that you're doing. let us continue to encourage each other uh, through this time. Uh, a lot of people are facing a lot of hardship uh, right now, but I always say every day is an opportunity to do better in life. So let's lift our heads up, continue to pray and believe uh, that life will get better as we move forward. Well, tonight we have another great show. You know, I always say that here on here, we have a great show. Uh, one of the biggest reasons why uh, I can say that I have a fantastic guest uh, here tonight, and we're going to be talking about real estate and home mortgages. And I hadn't had a chance to talk on that topic uh, as an entire segment, but I'm so glad that I have a a fantastic person uh, here tonight. We're going to uh, talk on that. So stay tuned for that segment coming right up. For all of you who have, if you have any questions and or comments, you can call in at 917 889 8078. 
Uh, we will address your question or just want to hear your comments. If you want to give a comment, that's fine as well. But again, the call-in number is 917-889-8078. And if you didn't know, you can listen to all of my past shows on demand. That's right. You can listen to us at any time, anywhere, as long as you've got internet connection. Uh, you can hear all the past shows. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. But you can also go to my website at shipmentconsulting.com. On the banner that I've dedicated for the show, it'll take you over to the web page where I've dedicated uh, uh, my show, just a whole complete web page uh, showcasing all of the past guests that I've had here on the show and all of what I call my solo shows where we've touched on a variety of different financial topics. So I would encourage you to go out and check that out. You might see somebody that you know. Well, let's go ahead and get started tonight. Uh, my guest is a 15-plus-year real estate veteran with experience as a realtor, investor, and mortgage loan officer, of which that's his current position. Uh, he is a devoted husband and father of two sons. A passion of his is educating buyers and realtors about the home buying process and financing. He is also the host of his own podcast called the Real Estate Proverbs Podcast, as well as he's an author of a book uh, called How to Purchase a Home with Student Loan Debt. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Mr. Kevin Jefferson. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Lionel? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, had a very productive day and uh, glad to have uh, tonight to talk about this, I, I'd say we're definitely a good important topic, but a an interesting topic because a lot of time we don't uh, delve into this topic as much as we should. So very gracious and very glad that you're here tonight to talk about it. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's my pleasure. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, like I said, this is the first time that I'm dedicating the show to real estate. And having you as my expert, let's just kind of go ahead and get it kicked off. Uh, I'd like to kind of start off by asking, you know, with everything that's going on in the economy right now, how is the real estate market doing here? The real estate market is doing great. It has never, it hasn't slowed down. Actually, after, um, you know, COVID-19 hit and the Fed dropped rates, even though they don't have anything to do with us, um, our market picked up even more. Wow. I mean, I know here in Florida where I live, uh, real estate has definitely picked up. I was talking with a neighbor of mine. She put her house up for sale, and within like a day, she had received four offers. And uh, even after she finalized the one offer, she got, I think, like an additional four more thereafter. So, and that's all within a week's time. So it's amazing how uh, real estate is yet booming, even in the current conditions that we're in right now. So that's, that's great, though. We, we need some areas of, of our economy to continue to move forward. So, well, good. Yeah, I've got well, clients who were one of 36 uh, offers. <laughs> in the house. Wow! Kidding me. That's yeah. it, it's so temp. 
it, it's tempting, I tell you. Uh, if if I didn't have, well, my wife is not here to tell to tell me the opposite, but uh, it would be very tempting <laughs> uh, to sell my home and try to find somewhere else. But it, it would be tough around here in this area, though. Uh, property is kind of hard to come by, but you can you can get what you want out of your home right now. It's such a booming market. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Well, let's kind of delve into this topic of real estate and home mortgages in particular. I know that there are probably a lot of people listening in that you are currently renting and uh, you one day want to own a home. Uh, As they say here in the States, you know, owning a home is like uh, an American dream. And in addition to that, it's considered to be a great way to start building wealth. Uh, especially from a dollar standpoint. Will you kind of share some insight or share your thoughts around owning a home as as well as uh, looking at it from a wealth building aspect as well? So owning a home, uh, to me, it is the American dream. And what it does is it, it creates a sense of stability as well as it can be the beginning of uh, a legacy and generational wealth. Um, In saying that, you know, if, you know, for example, I'll take myself. My mother purchased a home. She passed. I now own the home, and I don't plan on selling it. I plan on passing it down to my kids and just kind of keeping that in the family. Um, and allowing for that to build a legacy. We've owned, we own land, you know, generational wealth. If someone has, you know, the opportunity to create income for my kids and myself, um, that comes on a monthly basis. And that's a starting point to build and to obtain other properties and other assets. So it's a great opportunity to, to start the process. Cool. Now, what would you say to the people then, you know, that uh, they are contemplating buying a home? Uh, You know, some of them may be deciding, well, I just want to rent for the rest of my life. Uh, Can you kind of speak on maybe some of the differences, you know, of owning a home versus renting a home? And then, like, what are some of the biggest drawbacks of actually owning a home? That that has come up from time to time. You know, should I rent? Should I own? You know, kind of speak on maybe some of the advantages uh, that people may not be aware of uh, of renting. I mean, excuse me, of owning a home versus renting a home. So, the advantage of renting, uh, well, the advantage of owning a home is um, every year you don't have someone telling you that the rent's going up. Uh, (laughs) You don't have someone telling you that you need to move. They're selling the house. Um, You can paint the house. You can paint the walls whatever color you want. You don't have to ask to have a dog. You can get a trampoline. (laughs) It gives you more freedom. You know, it gives you, you know, definitely there's some things that, you know, you can't do depending on if you're an HOA. Um, But it gives you more freedom. It gives you stability. You don't have to go to your boss and say, I need, um, in the week of March the 2nd off uh, because I need to move out of my apartment into a different apartment. 
that could be yeah. further away from the job. So, you know, it, it like it goes back to the stability piece. Um, the advantages of renting would be that you don't have to maintenance your house. You know, when you're a homeowner, uh, while it, it gives you a lot of freedom, it's also a, a large responsibility um, yeah. because you need to maintain your home. And there's going to be things that break um, that you need to repair, um, fix up, spruce up, and during time you want to do remodels and upgrades. Um, yeah. But to me, the biggest difference is mortgages, they tend to go up slightly. That's because of taxes and insurance changing, but rent continue to go up, you know, sometimes at the rate of 5% a year. Um, right now, in some places, rent is the same price as a mortgage. The difference yeah. is, um, and let me, let me premise this, I am not a, uh, a lawyer or a tax accountant. However, you know, in some instances, uh, you get to write off the interest on your property where your landlord, you're paying his mortgage and he gets to write off the rent um, because it's an investment for him. So he gets the benefits even though you're working to pay it. Um, If I had anything to tell someone, the biggest thing is don't try to time the market. We don't know when a recession is going to hit. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now. Um, so the problem I see is people trying to time the market to see when they can get the best deal or see when housing prices are going to go down. And nobody knows. Yeah. You know, a year ago um, in March, who would have thought we would have had a booming, the biggest year in real estate ever? And, yeah. you know, all-time low interest rates. Who would have ever thought that? Um, yeah. So just – Timing the market, people always ask me, you know, when's a good time to buy? Whenever you can get qualified. I've been in this game for over 15 years. I saw the recession. You could qualify then. It was a good time to buy. If you can qualify now, it's a good time to buy. Because the thing of it is, no matter what the market is, you have to have somewhere to live. Good point. Very good point. I I love the points that you made there. Absolutely. Now, I, I wanted to kind of just open up with the with the owning versus renting to kind of lead uh, all of my listeners. For those of you that are contemplating uh, wanting to buy your home or you're in the market of your first time buying a home, uh, some of the things that you need to be aware of. Now, from a standpoint of obtaining a mortgage, I want to kind of hit on that. Because a lot of times th- people are thinking, well, I can just go out and just go buy a home, uh, and they fail to prepare on the front end. So I want us to kind of talk about uh, the process of obtaining a mortgage. How do we prepare? How does a person prepare? Kind of give us some insight of some things that people need to look at before they come to the point to where they are going, you know, wanting to get financing for mortgage. What are some of the steps that are involved with that? Um, What they really need to do is take a hard look at their spending and their budget. Um, You know, what you qualify for um, doesn't always necessarily mean that you can afford it. And what I mean by that is, 
there's a ratio that we use using what comes in monthly for the borrower as opposed to what goes out monthly. Um, and that's based off the figures that we see on your credit or anything, you know, child support, tax bill, some things that we can find out that, you know, we have to count in taking account of building. However, your spending habits could be totally different. You could spend everything that you get because you shop or you have other bills or you take care of somebody else. Um, and those things never show up on your, um, you know, you can still have good credit and never shows up on your credit report. So what I would tell somebody to do is to take a look at their bills that they currently have. Um, there's their bills that don't show up on their credit and then their spending habits, and then take a look at the affordability of where you want your monthly mortgage to be. And you have to be um, realistic. Uh, yeah. You're not going to get a $250,000 house for $1,000 a month uh, mortgage. Just not going to happen, no matter what the interest rate is. Um, those are things that people don't necessarily look at. They look at the big house, um, but they don't take in that I can afford it, but they don't take into consideration their other bills. Um, yeah. The other thing that I think people need to do is, and it makes the process a lot easier, is to start saving. Um, while there's programs, you know, down payment assistance programs uh, that help people uh, with the down payment and sometimes closing costs, there's still going to be money that you need involved into the process as you know as as little as two thousand dollars you've got a thousand dollar earnest money deposit which you put down on a contract as consideration for tying up the own the seller's property between three and four hundred dollars you have for home inspection and then between five and five fifty for an appraisal so let's just say that's two thousand dollars right off the bat that you have to um have available before you settle, close on the house. Um, if you are in a situation or area like I'm in the metro Atlanta, it's very rare that the seller is paying closing costs because it's the seller's market. So then you may have the down payment assistance, but then you need to be able to close on closing costs. Closing mm -hmm. costs is, are fees that it costs to close on the house. It goes to the attorney's office for their work, the county, the city, some to the state uh, for different prorations, taxes, um, insurances, like all those things combined together equal closing costs. So I would say you definitely need to uh, have some money aside to be able to uh, purchase a house um, and close on it, even if you have down payment assistance. That's great if the seller eventually or it does have the ability to contribute to your deal, but I would not go into that situation assuming that's what they have to do because the seller does not have to contribute anything. Because everything, they, if they give you money, that's coming out of their pocket and their proceeds from selling their home. Right. Good point. I want to hit on some things that you, that you hit on. Uh, that word budgeting and the words spending habits, uh, that is so, so critical. Uh, not just trying to obtain a mortgage, but just in general, but when you're in the process of looking at getting a mortgage, yeah, you better know 
if you can afford it or not. Uh, we faced that problem back in uh, the credit crisis back in 2006, 7, and 8, where people were buying homes that they really could not afford. You know, they were counting on interest only. And uh, when that balloon uh, uh, came, uh, came due and the principal payments started kicking in, people found out that they really could not afford uh, the house that they were in. And I agree with you totally. Your spending habits, if you're, if you got a high life in entertainment and anything like that, and you're trying to buy a home because buying a home is just the start. You got to upkeep the home as well. I mean, you have a lot of things to, uh, that you have to do, which sometimes I get even tired of, you know, I got to take care of the grass, you know, I got to take care of paint it so often. I got to do this, you know, all these different things to make sure we, we maintain the property. But I, I do agree. We have to be realistic if we're going to go into acquiring a mortgage. Uh, remember, this is a big dream for a lot of people, but make sure that we're realistic in what we can afford and prepare before you get to that point. You know, start saving now. Very important. I didn't even think about having money available for the other costs that may be involved on the front end with the appraisal and the closing costs, those things. Very, very important. And, of course, credit. Now, I've talked about credit, Kevin, but I want you to talk about credit because I'm quite sure you ran across some uh, clients that promised that they had great credit and come to find out that they didn't. So, can you kind of share some stories, right? <laughs> I guess regarding the importance of credit. <laughs> yes. Um, so credit is key. Um, doesn't matter how much money you make. If your credit's not in the right position, um, that affects your uh, ability to purchase a home. So the first thing I would tell people is the score that you see on Credit Karma um, is not the score that we see as lenders. Now, to premise that, sometimes the score that we see on our end is higher, sometimes it's lower than it is on Credit Karma. And the thing is, Credit Karma uses a um, different algorithm. It's called the Vantage score. We use the FICO score, and um, that's the scoring model we go by. The closest thing that you could put, probably see is on experience, or my FICO, and it's under what you call the mortgage score, which is typically different than the consumer score, even on those platforms. Um, that's the first thing. Um, the next thing in terms of credit, I would say you want to make sure that you do the best you can to keep your balances low on your credit cards if you have them, because high utilization uh tends to lower your credit score. Um, if you have collections, you have uh, medical bills or something like that, before you do anything to them, I think you should consult a mortgage lender to see where you are because some of the things that people think they have to pay off to qualify, they don't, and then they've spent money that they could have used for their down payment and closing costs. You don't have to have perfect credit um, to purchase a home. And we can go down to as low as a 500 
but you've got to have 10% that, to put down, and then you also need to be able to um, have reserves. So in those cases, um, I just if a person has 10%, I just help them increase their score or send them to someone who can help them increase their score so then they're in a position where they only have to put 3.5% down and they get a better interest rate. Gotcha. That's key. Thank you for sharing that. That's so the way can be made uh, to get you in your home uh, for all the listeners that uh, you're contemplating or you're in the process of acquiring uh, your first home. Uh, there is hope out there, but just make sure that we do our homework on this side before we uh, try to move into uh, the, the financing piece. Now, Kevin, kind of, uh, if you can let us know maybe the process. Just let's just say that a person has, they got their finances in order. They they are monitoring their spending habits. Uh, they have put money uh, to the side, and they have a pretty good credit score. Uh, what is the process? Uh, I just say with coming in. Just say if I came to you and said, "Okay, Kevin, I'm ready to move forward." What do I do? So the first thing would uh, you once you called me, I would ask you a series of questions, um, and those questions kind of go like this: Have you filed bankruptcy or been foreclosed on in the last seven years? Um, are you currently employed? And if you're currently employed, are you now actively working? I ask that question that way because some people still have jobs, but they're still furloughed. So in yeah. order, even though you have a job, you have to be actively working and receiving pay in order to qualify. After that, then I ask them if they have an idea what their credit score is. And then based off the answers that they give me, I then send them an email with a link to my online application where they go on and apply. And that allows for me to pull credit. And then depending on what their credit looks like, then uh, I either call them and go over the credit with them if it's a score that's high enough and I can use it, then I will reach out to them and ask them to send over their documentation um, to get pre-approved. Now, I'm going to go slow because the, I want the listeners to write this down because these documents I'm about to give you are the most important thing in the transaction because it's a hard time. People typically have a hard time finding or getting them because they don't keep them handy. Um, gotcha. Your last 30 days of pay stuff. Good. Your last two months of bank statements, all pages, even if it's blank. And preferably the account with the money in it that you say you have for closing costs. A lot of times I get bank statements and the person told me they got $7,000 for closing and then I get the bank statement of $700. And then I ask them, where's the 7000 it's in a different account. <laughs> Send me the one with the money. Because when we're right. pre-approving you, one thing is, does does this person have the ability to put the down payment? You could have yeah. the credit score. You can have the uh, income. But if you don't have the money to close, then you still don't qualify. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. That so, makes sense. Um, that makes sense. Yep. Your most recent two years of W-2s. So in this case, we would get 2020 and 2019. If you're self-employed and you get 1099s, we need your most two recent two years of 1099s from your job. If you do not currently work 
and you receive Social Security, disability, or pension, we need the awards letters showing exactly how much you'll be getting on a monthly basis, and this has to be the most recent um, awards letter showing what you receive. We also need your last two years of tax returns. So even though we're in 2021, 2020 taxes are not due yet, so we would take 2019 and 2018 tax returns, federal only, all pages and all schedules. Gotcha. We would also need a copy of your driver's license, social security card, or we would need your passport. So if you don't have your social security card or driver's license, we could use your passport, but we need two uh, government IDs. Then after they have submitted those documents and I've went through to see, then I then tell them how much they're able to be qualified for um, if they do qualify for anything. Um, once I've qualified, pre-approved them and send them their pre-approval letter and also attaching that email is the estimated cash to close worksheet so you can work on those funds. I send that to the buyer and their realtor, and then they go house hunt. Gotcha. Well, I, you laid it out. I, I, I t- actually, I always <laughs> tell my, I took notes, so I wrote it down. Last, you know, last 30 days of pay stub, two months bank statement, two years W-2, awards letter if you have SSI and those types of benefits, two years of tax return. Drive copy of your driver's license, uh, either social security card or passport. Very important to lay those things out. I appreciate that. Uh, you laid everything out. Oh, no problem. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> you can't, I, can't, I can't ask for more than that. I mean, you laid everything out. So uh, we can be responsible now to say, hey, once you get all these things laid out and you can get that pre-approved letter, uh, now you can go out and go house hunting. Uh, yeah. I, I, it it kind of reminds me when I'm going out uh, to buy a car. Uh, I always make sure that I have everything in order first. You know, my credit is fine. I got money for a down payment. If you know, if I, if I didn't have a trade in, so I make sure that I get all that done. Go to my bank, be pre-approved. Then I can go to a dealership and make a deal on a new vehicle. So this is somewhat the same thing. You got pre-approved with everything uh, ahead of time, now you can go out and go and find the house that you want. Uh, of course, you still can't just go out and just go get it. If you if you can only afford a $250,000 house, you can't go out and go buy a $500,000 house. That doesn't work that way. Go back to what you said. Correct. Be realistic. <laughs> be realistic, yep. I'll be realistic. And, and plus, too, uh, I always advise people, you know, there are times when we have to crawl before we walk. Uh, getting your first home does not mean that that will be your only home. Uh, as we continue to live and uh, do well financially, when there's opportunity to come to upgrade or to uh, go to the next level, uh, you'll be in the position to do that. But make sure that we do that responsibly. Uh, we don't want people buying home and that's the only thing that you can afford is just your home. You're barely making enough to eat and to live, but you got a beautiful home. Uh, I, when I, 
on my show, I always tell people, I want you to live life to the fullest. That's not living life to the fullest if you're under pressure. So don't pressure yourself financially, putting yourself in these type of financial positions. We've seen that happen with too many people, and we don't want that to happen to all of you that are listening in. Now, Kevin, let's switch gears a little bit then. Now, we talked about at the beginning of the show about uh, building wealth, and I know that you are you and you are an investor as well. Uh, what Correct. type of kind of talk along the lines of uh, investment properties, uh, either as building wealth or having it as a stream of income, which could definitely build wealth as well. Kind of talk about uh, real estate from the standpoint of investment properties. Give us some insight, the do's and don'ts, those types of things. Well, one thing is don't buy um, don't buy a property or get into investing after watching uh, videos from YouTube University. Um, there's more <laughs> in depth. <laughs> what you mean, Tim? I can't things just look that at... you need to do. Yeah, you mean Tim? I can't just watch it and go do it. <laughs> you can, you can. Now the outcome, I can't tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> but you definitely. <laughs> You definitely don't want to just take that into consideration. Um, right. You know, you want to seek some type of knowledge from someone, a mentor, someone you know that's in uh, real estate investing and kind of, um, I hate to say pick their brain, but get some insight on what right. you should do. Um, and then you should have a strategy. Uh are you going to be a buy and hold person where you buy rental properties and you collect the monthly rent? Are you going to be a fix and flip where you buy a dilapidated house or a house that needs some cosmetics and you uh, fix it up and resell it on the market and make a profit? Um, are you going to be a hybrid and do both, some fixing and flipping, some uh, buy and holds? And, you know, also, are you going to be a wholesale, um, meaning a middleman who uh, assigns the his rights, his rights and her rights to the contract to somebody else as an end buyer, and you get what's called an assignment fee. So just having an idea of what you want to do is key. I don't advise you to do all at one time. Um, in the beginning, um, I would say just, go ahead and kind of, you know, pick one lane and stay with it and get as much knowledge as you can uh, to get started in that process. Gotcha. All right. Well, I got a question for you, uh, Kevin. This came okay. from a uh, from a listener. Uh, she said, do you prefer residential or commercial real estate and why, depending upon which option you take? I think I, I, I'm assuming that she's asking it from an investment standpoint. So do you prefer residential right. or commercial real estate and why? So, so right now, all I have is, is residential, but I'm looking to get into the commercial space. Um, so I'm actively looking, um, looking for a commercial building so I could uh, do something with it. Um, I think that, both are great opportunities. Um, 
it just kind of depends on which one you have a taste for. But for me personally, right now, residential, but I'd like to get my uh, get into the commercial space uh, and, you know, less, you know, you don't typically put out as many tenants on the commercial side as you do on a residential. You know, someone who has a business typically stays a little longer and has a better um you know, better financial, not better off financially. Uh, not mm-hmm. saying that they're all rich, but they just have a business that they're operating, and in, they need a place to operate the business. And businesses typically don't jump from building to building year after year. They typically stay where they're at to maintain mm-hmm. a customer base. Yeah, um, good point. But yeah, I'm, I'm actively looking for uh, some commercial space. Okay. Now, of course, uh, I've heard this, you know, throughout my banking days that when it comes to uh, buying any property, residential and or commercial real estate, location is very key. Uh, You don't want to get in a place where uh, the values around the area uh, is going down. Uh, so it's very important to be in a location that has the potential of high growth or it is currently in high growth. Uh, what is your thoughts along those lines regarding location? Depends on the investor. Gotcha. Um, right now, I say that right now, the better, so they typically they have classes of properties, right, of locations. They call them A, B, C, D. A and B are typically the better neighborhoods, what they consider upper echelon. Um, the C and D are hardworking, you know, middle class to um, to the hood, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just depends on your mix. Um, just depends on what you're looking to do. Those A, B properties, uh, you're going to pay more for them just because they're highly desired areas and highly desired homes. The uh, CD properties, you're going to pay less. Um, and it's not as a, to some people, it may not be as attractive um, or the cash flow or the, the cash flow or the equity may not be there right now. Right. More so the equity. So it just kind of depends. So for me, I buy in what you call CD areas um, because that's where you get the better deals. Um, And I've managed properties before, and this is no exaggeration. I had a lady who I took a chance on. She had a 400-and-something credit score. She was a better payer than somebody who had a six. 700 credit score. Wow. You don't put rent. Typically, the rent doesn't show on your credit, especially at that time. So there, you can only go by the score, and they may have the 700 credit score, but they might be late on their rent because they know it's not reporting to their credit. Um, (laughs) Her, she says, I need somewhere to stay. My husband, we need somewhere to stay. I'm going to pay that before I pay anything else. Mm-hmm. So it's just all a matter of mindset. Um, but, you know, it just depends. You know, you can you can do well in either. 
Um, it just depends on your vision. So, so to share a little bit with you guys, my vision right now is buying properties in my old neighborhood back in Delaware and creating comps for appreciation in that neighborhood because it's considered um, an undesirable area to people. And so you can still get a decent deal in that area. Well, I already own property in that area. And there was no, there has not been any appreciation in the boom in 2005 and six, And then in this market, it's still no appreciation, even though there's a boom going on in real estate. That's because a lot of people aren't moving in and moving out. So the only way to do that is someone who has a vision to build there and help with a sense of pride in the community. And actually, um, I just and I just got a text from a guy who I've been working on a deal with, and I'll be talking to him tomorrow about acquiring a property that he has in that area. So that's where I look to buy uh, areas that I can um, – help and bring and typically it's in the African American community. Let's let's be right. real. Um mm-hmm. our homes don't get as much appreciation as um you know other cultures and our neighborhoods are typically considered the hood and um you just have to have a vision to increase, you know, to to want to do that. For me, while I'm still in the metro Atlanta area, I still love where I grew up at. And Absolutely. I want to even though I won't I'm not going back. I'd like to see um, a pride of ownership in that area. Absolutely. I, I commend you for that. Uh, we want to see progression. And the only way that yes. happens is to invest uh, time, effort, and money uh, there. And I, I, I agree, and I, I commend you for doing that. Uh, we need more Thank of you. that to build up uh, our communities uh, because – you, I always look at it, it's not always the way uh, you begin because any place can change. Uh, it just takes uh, time and it takes opportunity. It takes investment. And to hear that, that you are doing that, you have a sense of pride uh, where you came from. So I commend you and I hope it does boom and start to appreciate and people will move in. And uh, see the whole, see the entire area uh, change the landscape. So, absolutely, right. So we need that. We need Thank more you. of that. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. We need more. Yes, of that. we do for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, as we're coming down, we have uh, roughly a few more minutes here. Uh, kind of, I've asked all my guests. I know, especially since COVID, we're all still living in the days of COVID. Uh, whenever I bring a guest on, I always like to hear some of their thoughts about uh, what advice, what recommendation, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the area of the topic tonight, but just kind of share some things uh, maybe that you're doing or that you know of doing to help people uh, stay focused or to help them to focus during these days of COVID-19. Give me maybe one, two, three things that uh, you can share with us 
to keep us focused or to refocus us during these days of COVID-19? So I know with me, um, I, I, I moved around a lot. I did. I went to a lot of networking events. I hosted a networking event and um, met with a lot of realtors and different people in the industry, and that all came to a stop. So what that did was two things for me. It gave me more time to work on myself, and when I say myself, I started working out more, getting better control of my health, um, focusing on things that I hadn't done, um, you know, preparing, um, you know, preparing my family and spending more time with them, quality time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my wife and I just had this conversation. We haven't had one argument. When I say one argument, we have not had one argument since COVID hit. And not that we argue a lot. Right. We right. just haven't, you know, there we don't have an out a lot of people don't have outlets. So prior right. to COVID, you had a problem, you could just go somewhere. You didn't yeah. have to spend time with that person you didn't want to be with. Good and point. when it first happened, you had to stay. You couldn't go anywhere, you get in trouble. Yep. So <laughs> I think it made yeah. <laughs> I think it made um I think it gave us a, a tighter bond. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've done a little bit more soul searching, identifying things that um, I want to do, and working more so on my goals and dreams instead of ripping and running, uh, meeting with people. Um, th- those are the biggest things. Just spending, having more time to spend with my family. Um, gotcha. I love my house and my family, so it doesn't bother me that I have to stay in. I just figured out a different way to network. Absolutely. I I commend you. I'm I'm the same way. Uh, Quality time with my family, Uh, my wife, who is my my best friend. And I I like what you said because, you know, I had, unfortunately, on the flip side, a lot of marriages uh, were hurt or damaged during this time. And uh, I, I'm kind of the to- we're the kind of the total opposite, meaning of other people that may have had issues going on in their marriage because they're around their spouse uh, a lot more than than pre-pandemic, you know, time. But uh, I enjoy being around my wife and my kids, and uh, you know, yeah, having that quality here. time. Yeah, having that quality time is very important. Uh, it kind of prepares you as you. Go forward. When we come out of this pandemic, your relationships are a lot stronger. Your family unit is a lot stronger. Uh, and you're right. Self-help, uh, meaning uh, taking care of yourself, your health, eating well, exercising, very important uh, to do during this time. And just doing some soul searching. You know, how can I make my life better? How can I make uh, my, the lives of other people around me better? And then fine tuning those goals and dreams. Uh, I hear you. I I've been blessed to pivot in one or two areas, and uh, some great opportunities coming forth have come forth uh, since that time. You know, had it not had not all this happened, I wouldn't have been able to be where I am right now. So, but uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I really appreciate that. 
Oh, no problem, man. Yeah. Now, Kevin, for adult, for my listeners who are may want to get in contact with you or either to reach you, if you can take time right now to provide any and all contact information, website, phone number, anything that you deem you would like to uh, uh, release here tonight. Got you. So I could be found on LinkedIn under Kevin Jefferson. I could be found on Instagram under at the people's lender. I can also be found on Facebook at Kevin Jefferson or Kevin Jefferson Mortgages. Um, I could be found on Clubhouse under the name Kevin Jefferson. <laughs> um, and then it, if you'd like to reach out to me via phone, I can be reached at 470-485-6267. And I also can be reached via email at K Jefferson. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-S-O-N at A-E-M-C dot C-C. Um, feel free to reach out to me. I cover eight states, um, Georgia, Delaware, North South Carolina, Texas, Alabama, Florida, and then actually soon to be Tennessee. Um, and even if you're not one of those states and you have questions, feel free to reach out to me, and I can refer you to a, a partner in one of those states. Perfect. And also, too, look out and listen for his podcast, Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. Now, how can people, what would be the best way to uh, listen in to your podcast? Oh, great, great, great. Please listen to my Real Estate Proverbs Podcast. You can find me on all the major platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, You can listen to me through Anchor. Uh, Spotify. Um, you also can go on to my YouTube page. It's Kevin Jefferson dash the People's Lender, and you can see them on. You can see my podcast videos on there as well. Um, definitely subscribe, share with friends, and after you listen to the great information I provide, write me a a five star review on iTunes to help us uh, work up the way through the ranks. Perfect. All right. Kevin, it was a pleasure having you here tonight. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, uh, your expertise, your experiences. I uh, really got a lot of it, and I hope that my listeners got a lot of it, uh, a lot out of it as well. So thank you so much for being a guest here tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it and look forward to coming back. Perfect. Oh, yes, absolutely. We look forward to having you back. All right, well, everybody, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you haven't touched base with me, you can connect with me on social media. You can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But you can also go to my website at shipmentconsulting.com. And I want you to remember these words. Well, before I say that, uh, I may mention early part of the year that I had a new project to where you're able to uh, listen to my show, but not only listen to my show, you can actually watch my show now. Um, I will be updating my website, but if you go to uh, Roku TV, Apple TV, or either Amazon Fire, uh, there's a platform called Spondulix. And you will see and catch my show, the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. 
Uh, it's a live show uh, where I have guests on the show. This time you can see me as opposed to just listening to me. But uh, very blessed to have another platform to get uh, get financial information out in your hands where you can utilize it for yourselves, for your family, being able to improve your financial life. Uh, so look for that uh, going forward. I'm so excited for this new venture. So I just wanted to kind of make mention of that. And I will be updating my website to reflect that information as well. But definitely, uh, if you follow me on Facebook, uh, either LinkedIn or either Twitter or Instagram as well, you will see the links where you're able to take advantage of my show on those outlets. So very thankful for those opportunities. So in closing, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully. Spend carefully and invest wisely. Now, before we go out, you know, I always got to play a little bit of smooth jazz music. Check out this tune by Mr. Huge Groove. Take care, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.